Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good day to you. Good morning to you. Hello to you, my fabulous and wonderful and appreciated listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keys broadcasting to you from the great talkzone.com internet radio. And how are you all out there doing since we last talked? I know you are doing just fabulous. And well, I say that I am doing just great. Thanks be to God and myself as co-creators of my life. You know, now the flu bug is continuing to dissipate, you know, within my uh, system. And it has been weeks since the inception of this silly virus. Basically, the entire country has been hit with this virus, as you know. And I'm sure that, um, you know, some of you out there may have gotten it and gotten over it. That is my hope. And um, and actually, it is an epidemic here in the state of Arizona. You know, no wonder. Right. You know, because after all this time, I can still feel some slight congestion in my trach area. I am doing all I can to be stable against this crap. And I do also feel that it, you know, has to wear away. Okay. All righty then. Um, I'm going to jump right, um, right into talking with you because uh, we have uh, a lot that I want to cover today. Now I want to, uh, give a shout out to the victims regarding the shooting that took place in the state of Kentucky. CNN reports, uh, they're stated in part the following that was being reported Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. Kentucky school shooting, two students killed, 18 injured. And it says another high school has turned into a scene of carnage this time in western Kentucky. 16 people were wounded, two of them fatally, after a shooter opened fire Tuesday morning at Marshall County High School. Authorities said four others sustained various injuries. A 15-year-old male student was arrested at the scene and will be charged with murder and attempted murder, Governor Matt Bevin said. Marshall County Authority Jeff Edwards said it is likely the suspect will be charged as an adult, but his name won't be released until he's indicated, indicted. I'm sorry. Authorities identified the slain victims as Bailey Holt and Preston Cole, both 15. Bailey died at the high school and Preston died at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, or according to Kentucky State Police Commissioner Richard W. Sanders. Now, you know, I want to say something. I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Now, my prayers go out to the victims and their parents whose children were injured and those two precious children whose lives were taken because of who knows what the shooter's motive or motives were. Was he being bullied? Was he having problems at home? Who actually knows why this young person did what he did? You know, it is a very sad and scary situation in our world, in our country now, listeners, when you are sending your children off to school, as these parents did in Kentucky and elsewhere, and you go on to do your day, not knowing if your child is safe or not, which I bet is one of the reasons that many that many parents homeschool their children. You know, as a parent, when I sent my kids off to school, I was not thinking about a shooter could do them harm. Although, please know that I did not and do not live in a glass bubble as the cray cray existed then when my kids attended school and when I attended school. But nowhere on the level as what is happening in our society today. 
Children, I feel, should be safe. They should be happy and feeling no weight of the world on them as they are children for a short amount of time. This just keeps happening in our country as our government keeps talking about things that are not really important, such as building the wall. My button is bigger than your button. And Trump is tweeting heinous messages for the going north. This recent shooting that took place in Kentucky listeners was not done by a person from another country. It was done by an American Trump talking about building a wall to keep Mexicans out of our country. And they are not the problem for our society being out of whack. This country talking about employing self-driving cars in a society where there is no respect for one another as drivers are driving on the roads to and fro daily, where, by the way, a lot of road road rage exist. That includes negative, aggressive behavior and nasty language and sometimes include gunfire and people are hurt or the lives are taken. You want to introduce robots into a society organizations that even the best of the best of the scientists, including Stephen Hawkins, stated that robotics should not be told within this society because it will not have a happy ending. Where love, patience, understanding, respect for one another is on the low end of the pole in this country, While hatred, killing, guns out of control, depleted educational system, infrastructure failure and racism are seemingly and unfortunately what is being embraced by way too many people here in America, in particularly with our so-called Republican leaders who control the three branches of the government, judicial, legislative and executive branches, where they allow the government to close because no matter what, they still will collect a hefty paycheck health benefits, insurance, while other Americans will suffer as they will not get their Medicare, Medicaid benefits, their Social Security checks. The military will not get paid, not even their retirement checks, and individuals who work for the military can get furloughed. It's a terrible state of affairs, listeners, right now in our country, and our government, as Trump states about his love for the military, Yeah, right. I have yet to hear him state anything about the mudslides of fires in California. Perhaps I missed it and maybe you heard him say something or perhaps saw him go to California to assess the damages. He certainly did it for Texas and the surrounding states regarding last year's floods. This big, beautiful blue ball, which is called Earth Listeners, is a learning institution. And I say it all the time. It has a lot to teach us, and yet so many of us are refusing to learn. And that is all I want to say about that. And my prayers and my thoughts go out to those precious children that were hurt and those that lost their lives. Okay, listeners, I so appreciate you tuning in to me uh, to listen to me today on this beautiful day that God has given us. As the topic of discussion today is titled The Unstoppable Browning of America. And my guests for this discussion are the fantastic, exceptional commentator, intelligent and charismatic Paris M. Daniel and the world's best mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell. He, he's been absent uh, a little bit, but um, he's back. Now, uh, here's my things, listeners. America was brown in the beginning until the invasion of the Europeans um, to this country hundreds of years ago. And the thing is, the country is becoming more and more brown as you all who live here and are awake can see it for yourselves. And in spite of what the statistics states, the browning of America is not going to reach its height in the year 2050. This is happening right now. 
My guest and I are going to talk about the items that are relational to this change and that this change, once again, is unstoppable for many reasons. So please stay tuned as this is going to be a great conversation with my fantastic guest. Here comes the butt. Let me hit you with something before our topic of discussion begins. You know, like what, Teresa? Well, let's talk about this. The temperature today is going to be sunny and high. It was 72 degrees with a low about 43. Now, look, yesterday was 75. Okay, now tomorrow is going to be like 68 and cloudy. You know, in other words, listen, the temperature, <laughs> the temperature is everywhere. And look, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, I was telling my engineer, uh, uh shout out to Dave this before we uh, aired, that the temperatures are in the low 80s. Um, but really, but you know, but there's no global warming. And speaking of global warming, here's something to discuss with your wife, husband, partner, and children at the dinner table tonight, if you like. I want to talk about something that is intellectual and spiritual based and that my husband and I like to look at, you know, documentaries. And this particular document is titled Blue Planet 2 that is televised on PBC Network and is narrated by David Attenborough. Oh, my goodness, the fabulous creatures that we know about and do not know about and the intelligence that is contained within within them as they were. Come on, guys, created by intelligence. Now, listen, one thing the narrator stated is that 90 percent of the living animals and creatures in our oceans, lakes, seas. So, you know, they're 90 percent. They're 90 percent of what lives on this planet. So what does that mean for us humans? That basically we are 10%. Now just think about that for a minute. And as a side note, listeners, I am sure a lot of you out there know this, but blue whales are the largest animals weighing in at 200 tons, more than any dinosaur, you know, and they feed on the smallest shrimp like crustaceans. And each one, get this, swallows 400 million krill each. Now, here is the sad part. 300,000 were here on Earth. Now, by today's calculations, it is less than 3% of those numbers exist in our waters. Why? Global warming, for one, has killed off a lot of their food supply and a lot of, you know, dumping of nasty things into the oceans. So now, in spite of it all, the narrator says in part that we still have so many wonders here on Earth and it is our choice to destroy or cherish them. It is a very educational and interesting series and the camera work and photography is just amazing, just outstanding. So go check it out on PBS if you should like that sort of documentary. Okay. All right. Let's bring on my guest. And um, I want to say this. This disclosure, and this is my unbiased introduction. Paris Martin Daniel, he's handsome, stands about 6'2", 6'3", intelligent and an exceptional commentator, especially regarding sports. He is retired Master Sergeant from the United States Air Force, and he was a force to be reckoned with when he was there. And now he is looking to join in the ranks of law enforcement as he completes his master's degree here. And he is a friend to my show. So proud of him. Welcome, Paris, to my show. Thank you, Mom. Great to be back. All right. You know it. And now, what can I say about my next guest? He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent to my show. He is my brother. 
He is knowledgeable, knowledgeable in his craft for over 30 years. He's great. He's a, he's a great commentator, intelligent as well. And welcome, Reginald, to my show. Hey, good morning, sis. Hey, good morning, Don. It's, uh, yeah, been away for a minute, but, uh, glad to be back. I'm glad, I'm glad to have you back and I'm glad to have Paris on too, who, uh, he doesn't know that he's going to be a regular on my show. So, uh, oops, I guess I let that spill out, didn't I? Okay, so, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, what did you say, Reginald? I guess he knows now, so. Uh, he knows now. So listen, I just want to, um, uh, touch on, 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 you know, a couple of things here, but, um, you know, you know, the charges, you know, against David and Louise Turpin include 12 counts of torture and 12 counts of false imprisonment, um, seven counts of abuse of an independent, of a dependent, I'm sorry, adult, and six counts of child abuse. David Turpin was also charged with one count of a lewd act on a child under the age of nine, of the age of 14. Now, th- this husband and wife have pled not guilty to all the charges and Paris and, and Reginald. And if they are convicted, they face up to 94 years in prison. Paris, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, I just think that they should be thrown underneath the jail. I just read a little bit of that story and I see where they were told that they can't contact the children for, I believe, three years now. Um, I don't think they should ever be able to contact those children no matter what for the rest of their lives. I think they need to mm-hmm. spend the rest of their life in prison. And I also think they need to be thrown in the general population. Because right now they're separated because we know by prison rules, even though prison is its own different society, um, two things is not tolerated is when you hurt kids or you hurt women. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to be put in general population, especially the father. So he can get what's coming to him. That might not be right, but that's just how I feel about anyone that hurts a child. Exactly. Reginald, chime in. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely um, a black mark on society. I, I I don't only just see these parents as being a black mark for parenting and for parenting for their kids. But I see it further as a black mark on on society because with every one family like this, you know, there's five or six or eight or nine that we haven't heard of. And mm-hmm. so, and and how does that happen? How how do children eight, nine, ten, eleven slip through the cracks where they haven't been in school? They've never gone to school. They went to school. They're no longer in school. So these kids have fallen through the through the cracks. The adults uh, there have have fallen through through the cracks. So so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a societal problem, not only mm-hmm. a family problem, but it's a societal problem. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know. Um, um, you know, you hear about this way too often, but then, Reginald, there's so many stories like, um, you were saying that, uh, are, are not told. And, um, and, you know, and I understand what Paris is saying, you know, that may be wrong or whatever, but I totally agree with that. You know, you have children, you brought children in the world, whether it's your children or somebody else's, else's child. You do not, and you know what an advocate I am for children because my son can attest how I go off if somebody, you know, if I'm even thinking somebody is doing something <laughs> to one of my grandkids, okay? So, you know, 
Um, I, you know, I, it is a societal problem because society turns its back, you know, a lot on, um, on, you know, these kinds of things that's happening in, in our country. And it really is a, a black mark. You know what I mean, Paris? It, it, it definitely is. And, and Reginald brings up a good point is, you know, where is the accountability and how do we move things like this? You know, with, with all the, the, the government oversight that we have, how, can kids just completely just not go to school? I mean, do, do you have to register them? And do you have to register as far as, you know, you're doing some type of alternative schooling, such as homeschooling? If I were mm-hmm. to pull my kids out of school, you know, if my son didn't go to school next year, would someone inquire, you know, to why he stopped going to school? Or could I just pull him out and say, you know what, I'm just not going to send him to school? That's, mm-hmm. that's a very good question. Yeah. That's a good question, don't you think, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And and to continue on that point that Paris is making, uh, last year when I was working in Yuma, uh, you know, I went to uh, a number of schools uh, that had uh, clients and kids, and you know, a number of schools. And so mm-hmm. I went to uh, a school, and this this young man was was in eighth grade, and he was coming late to school or not showing up in school. And so I called for a meeting with the principal and the vice principal. Uh, mm-hmm. And my question to the principal and the vice principal was, why there was no follow-up when this kid did not show up in school? Mm-hmm. And their answer to me was, well, we, well, Mr. Campbell, we have like a, you know, 600 kids here. We can't call every parent if the kid doesn't show up. And mm-hmm. And, and and I looked at him and said, really, that's your answer? Th- th- that's your answer to me. That, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. These kids come to school or don't come to school, they're your responsibility. They're your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it is your job to follow up on them. So it's like parents were saying, if you pull this son out of school, and that's the perfect example, this school, they wouldn't follow up on him. He would have just fallen through the cracks. Through the cracks. Isn't that ridiculous? Because, you know, Rachel, when we were in school and, um, you know, if you did not come, you know, truant officers, which they definitely need to reemploy big in the society, they would be on your ass and on your parents' ass big time. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I mean, they, they did not play that, you know, but no, they got rid of all of the things that kept society in the mannerisms that that society should be in, you know, in a lot of instances. And I really do think that, you know, Paris, they need to reintroduce truant officers back into the society. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Cause it, it's funny when you said that I immediately thought back when I went to, was going to school and those were the people that walked around. And even if you weren't in school, they would ask you, why aren't you in school? Right. You know, it, it, it wasn't normal to see a kid during the school day just out and about to where now I drive around. And quite honestly, it, it it happens so much. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. It used to catch my eye when I go, well, I wonder where they, why they aren't in school today. You know, maybe they go to a different school district or, you know, something something is going on. But there was a time, you're, you're absolutely correct, that the truant officer would come around and ask, why aren't you there? And if you were a kid and you were out during the day, they would definitely challenge you and ask you, why aren't you in school? Exactly. And, I mean, they would put you in the car. Police would be called. They'd be going to your parents' house or on their job, because I have known for that to happen. 
and um and or the school it would it would be you know a big thing and i just think that you know as as i stated before in the beginning um of my program and i've said it again you know the the educational um uh system in this country is really really bad it you know it 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 basically sucks okay i'm just going to say it now let's get into our topic guys now, the Browning of America on BeWorldOnline.com. The author of AbLib, it, it, the author of AbLib is uh, Greg B. Macabenta. And uh, a little background on the author of, 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 you know, of this, of the author that I'm going to be talking about. He is an advertising and communications man shuttling between San Francisco and Manila and providing unique insights on issues from both perspectives. Well, I use some of what he stated in his article for my description for today's show, and he states this in part. Advertising is one indicator of changes in lifestyle, social mores, fashions, and language. One such development has become apparent in U.S. television commercials is the use of mixed families, i.e. African-American husband, a Caucasian wife, and mixed-race children. Now, this would have been unthinkable only a few days, decades ago in 1978 at the Advertising Age Workshop. He said he attended in Chicago. The only non-white commercial endorser was Bill Cosby. OK, now the election of half black, half white Barack Obama to the presidency may have marked the most dra- uh, dramatic change in the attitude of American society towards people of color, a euphemism for non-whites. Now, Obama epitomized the national leader who possessed all the positive qualities of the white man and the black man as well, Paris. Handsome, charismatic, eloquent. He was the ideal blend, the poster boy for racial equality. So the author says today I phase one, you know, uh, you know, he, he coined a phase in a feature article in 1989. Obama represented the browning of America not plain white or plain black, but rich brown. It was illegal for people of color, particularly blacks and including Filipinos in some states like Maryland, to marry a white person. In truth, he says, racism has never really disappeared in the U.S. No kidding. But the civil rights movement and the rise of more enlightened American society left only the fringe groups like the neo-Nazis clenching their feudal fist. While the clo- while the closet races remained in the closet. Now, Paris, the tumultuous presidential campaign of Trump and his uh, equally unsettling presidency may have opened the Pandora's box of racist resentment that, according to one TV political analyst, had been exacerbated by Obama's election. Now, what do you think about what this author said, Paris? I think that he he is on point. I think he makes a, a, a lot of good points, especially in the advertising. Um, that's something that you see a, a whole lot more now, and even in uh, mainstream TV shows, you see a lot of shows now with 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 mixed um, mixed marriages and, and 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 mixed kids, and so in that regard, things are changing. And I think that President Obama did sort of represent a a new age and a new day. Because he was multi mm-hmm. but he was a, he was a guy that everybody could look to and respect the way the way he carried himself. You know, even if he didn't agree with his politics, no one could ever say anything in, as far in regards to his professionalism 
of, of being on the job and, and president and the way he went about doing things and the way he went about handling his business. So I mm-hmm. think the author is correct and makes a lot of valid points. Fantastic. Reginald, I'd like for you to chime in as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree somewhat with what the uh, the author said, and, I, and my, my key word is somewhat, uh, because I don't think that uh, with the election of, uh, of of my my wonderful former president Barack Obama, that racism was 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 dormant, because all we have to do is look at the behavior of the Republican Party, look at the behavior of the white supremacists who were coming out and saying things. And behaving that the, now, mm-hmm. now Trump has opened the Pandora's box, and with Pandora opening her box when the genie came out, the genie's like, "Hey, I'm never going back in there because I like it out here." So Trump has exacerbated it with his ignorance and his stupidity. But but it was it was there. And as far as advertisers, advertisers, in my opinion, are cynical. They don't care about society and, and, oh, this is better than, you know, the browning of society, they see dollar signs. So they mm-hmm. know that there are more people of color and, and more Caucasians marrying. Not that it hasn't been all the while. It's just that American society has decided we're going to ignore it. We're not going to think about it. This has been going on for the longest. Uh, Pearl Bailey was in a, a interracial marriage. Step and fetch it. Ooh, step and fetch it. Look at who he was, people. He was married to a white woman. Jack Johnson, the first heavyweight champion of the world, the first black heavyweight champion of the world in 1915, he was married to, to a white woman. So this has been going on. It's just that American society and people who don't want the browning of America have chosen to ignore it. But guess what? America was brown from the get-go. Mhm. Now here here's here's my thing. Here's my thing, you know. Um paying attention is very very important um to me. And as I said before, you know, uh Reginald Daddy said pay attention to what's happening. Pay attention to the world because once you get left behind, then you're going to be behind. It doesn't matter. It's going to leave you anyway. So echoing on what you said, yes, society is going to move on and do its thing with or without you. You know what I'm saying, Paris? You know, you, it's very important to, to pay attention and having studied marketing, um, you know, uh, quite, you know, for a number of times in my academic career, um, you know, whether they give a darn or not, um, the thing is, is that Yes, they're, they're paying attention to the numbers, but, but in actuality, they are also showing people the changes in, in that, that's happening in our society. You, you, does that make sense, Paris? Yeah, it does. It, 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 it makes, um, absolute sense. And I, and I think what we're talking about now is, is going to tie in to what we'll be talking about, um, next. And it also, um, in a way goes into what you were saying. And your opening monologue about the school shooting. And me and my wife were talking the other day, and it's amazing how society has changed because this is something that we never had to deal with when I went to school. You know, mm-hmm. we never had to do active shooter practices. And I don't uh-huh. know exactly how wow. we've gotten here, but not only the shooting, yeah. but the suicide is also something that is very, very alarming. A quarterback for Washington State 
um, just took his life a, a, a couple weeks ago. And you wonder, why would a young man, you know, you're a quarterback, and you're playing Division One college football, you, you know, you think you got the world in front of you. Why would you take, you know, your own life? It's, it's something there that is very hard to put a finger on it to how we have gotten here. But mm-hmm. you're right, you know, body is changing. Um, Reginald made a very good point. Um, as far as President Obama election, I, I, I think it gave us hope. And, you know, everybody has the optimism in them, and it gave you hope that, okay, things are changing. You know, the fact that we have a black man and president, okay, we have progressed, because that's what you want to think of your society and your country. You want to think, hey, you know, we, we're getting our things together here. You know, we're, we're progressing. Mm-hmm. But did we really progress, or was it just dormant? Because mm-hmm. we saw this last election, where it seemed like we took two steps back, this last election feel like, you know, during Obama's campaign, it seemed like we were sorry, we took two steps forward. But this last election makes us feel like maybe we took four steps backward. Oh, Oh, without any doubt. But but but, you know, but but here's the thing, you know, as I said, you know how important it is to pay attention, because with the um, uh, with the with the election of of, uh, President Barack Obama, you know, um, the uh, uh, God in the universe is telling people, okay, I'm sick of you all and your shit down here. So I'm getting ready to throw a big, huge ball at you and show you what's happening. Okay, now Trump got in and I'm going to uh, uh, say this again. He didn't get in by the regular vote. He didn't get in by the popular vote. He got in through the, you know, that that electoral college that needs to go away. That's been around since 17, whatever. Okay, that's how he got in. And that's why he was freaking out with, you know, uh, uh, they they you know, they 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 were too many people saying, you know, voting on the same name. No, it wasn't. You didn't win. The only way you got in is is through that crap. But you know what, Reginald? I want to say I want to say one other thing. You know about this article. I want to I want to read a little bit more. He says adding to the volatile brew has been the feeling among those in America heartland that they are re, uh, retrogressing in a country they are told is their own, but which is being dominated by all kinds of foreigners, illegal, uh, including illegals and potential terrorists. Now, the same TV analyst described the America heartland as the new ghetto. All right. Now, Trump has made no effort to soothe these resentments. In fact, he appears to be encouraging them, which is something Paris and I talked about. And he also alluded to uh, a few minutes ago. His response to the racial riots in Charlottesville and his subsequent statements were widely perceived as pandering to the neo-Nazis. If racism has ever had a more fertile breeding ground in America, it has been during the brief presidency. I'll say that again. It has been during the brief presidency of Trump. Worse yet, this resurgence has been mixed up and confused with conservatism, which in turn has run a, a right up against the blossoming of lifestyles and attitudes that are in direct conflict with conservative mores and beliefs such as equal rights for LGBTs, the acceptance of sex change as a personal privilege, and same-sex marriage versus traditional concepts of matrimony. Mercifully, Trump term is only for four years, and hopefully 
he will realize the folly of aspiring for a second term. And hopefully the Browning of America is here to stay. Okay, I want to hear your your thoughts first, Rachel, and then yours, Paris. Well, uh, you know, you're, the, the the article, and, and you're right. The, the White House has been a champion of the neo Nazis and, and and the white supremacists. Trump's father was a was a Klansman. His mother was a Klansman. I mean, come on, it's it, it's proof that his father was arrested during a Klan riot in the 1930s. Okay, so so that's point number one. And for him to uh, him being Trump to sit there and say that, oh, you know, in, in North Carolina, oh, there were people on 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 both sides. So both sides. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Call it like it is, stupid. You know, mm-hmm. the Nazis, these were white supremacists, and you were giving them the slap on the back that it's okay. The other thing, the cowardice of the Republican Party is outstanding. The cowardness of Mitch McConnell, the cowardness of Paul Bryan, uh, the, 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 the cowardness of, of, of Billy Graham's son, uh, and, and I mean, I don't know where Franklin Graham comes from, but he's nothing like what his dad was. It was no of these people, these so-called Christian right evangelicals who are just giving, uh, you know, Trump a pass on everything from the latest with the porn star and everything else. It's just it's just totally ridiculous. So mm-hmm. when he leaves, in my opinion, when he leaves the White House and it can't be too too soon, they're going to need to fumigate the White House, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And from the damage and spiritually, that this yes. has, has caused this country, it's going to take a while to clean up. Yeah, the the, the House is definitely going to need uh, an, an exorcism of some sort. Paris, your thoughts? It, it, this sort of ties into what we were talking about um, last time we were on the show. And whenever the head of your organization is bad, um, this 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 is what happens. And when when Donald Trump came out and said, you know, there was good people on both sides, sides. yeah, thing, that just completely just that that's one of the worst statements I think I've ever heard in my life of a person in power to say. Mm-hmm. When you fail to admonish people. You're basically giving them the okay. Mm-hmm. I see one of your one, one of your subjects is you know the um the U.S. Gymnast um, Federation, and yeah. that's basically what happens there. You know, and, you know, people always talk about holding people accountable and zero tolerance, but when you see things like this and you just let them go, and what President Trump basically did was condone what happened in North Carolina. Yeah. Hey, that's 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 just a a a horrible look, and I still can't mm-hmm. believe that he sort of got away with it to this day. I still can't believe yeah. that he got away with it. Yeah, I, I and 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 I mean, and it's with a whole lot of things. But one thing about it is, you know, unfortunately, there were people uh, that were injured, and unfortunately, you know, this young lady, um, she lost her life. Yeah. But here's the thing: this just this is showing people that America is not putting up with this shit. With you and your neo-Nazi crap. You understand what I'm saying, Paris and Reginald? They were out there in force letting them know, though, this is not happening. 
you know, we're not going back to no damn Jim Crow in 1930 and when you were sneaking out and having sex with the slaves and all that. That's not happening. You know, so get over yourself. Okay. Now, moving on. Here is um um a report that I was uh, reading, and I want to uh, discuss this with the both of you. This report is from epi.org slash publications. The EPI stands for Economic Policy Institute. And the title of this report is People of Color Will Be a Majority of the American Working Class in 2032, what this means for the effort to grow wages and reduce inequality. Now, Reginald, I just want to say very quickly is that a few years ago, uh, you flew in. We were, we were doing a presentation, um, uh, for a bunch of mediators. And, um, and remember at that time, the government, um, uh, stats, uh, were saying, you know, 2050 and all of this. And I was saying to myself, that's, that's not happening. That's not that's not happening. It's 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 way before that. So you see how they had to resurrect themselves. Now this report is by Valerie Wilson, and this is uh, on twenty uh, June ninth of twenty sixteen. Now this uh, report, listeners, consists of twenty eight pages of educational and important information. So with all of the articles that I am discussing uh, during this talk, please go to the website and read this in its uh, you know in its entirety if you want to. Now it says in part the following, Paris. What this report finds is people of color will become a majority of the American working class in 2032. This estimate based on long-term labor force projections from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, they can't say, okay, Teresa, no, where did you get this information from? From the Bureau of Labor Statistics and trends in college completion by race and race and ethnicity is 11 years sooner than the Census Bureau projection for the overall U.S. population, which becomes majority minority in 2043. Now, why does this matter? As of 2013, the working class made up of working people without a college degree constitutes nearly two thirds, which is 66.1 percent of the U.S. uh, civilian labor force between ages 18 and 64. Thus, wage stagnation and economic inequality can't be solved without policies aimed at raising living standards for the working class because the working class is increasingly people of color. Raising working class living standards will require bridging racial and ethnic divides. I just love this Paris as we can attest to this movement happening right now. We're bridging the divide with women across the board dealing with the workforce issues. See, and I tell people, you know, this is this is fabulous that's happening in excuse me, in our world. Right. You know, right. Right now, things are you know, there there's a lot of bleakness that's going on. But but check it out. There's a lot of greatness going on. You know what I'm saying, Paris? I, I agree. I, there, there is a, a undercurrent and especially with the women's movement and. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the women's movement and sort of the um, the, the the other ethnic groups. I think they're going to combine, and it's all mm-hmm. going to come together. And mm-hmm. by the next election, I think well, actually, the 2018 cycle, I think mm-hmm. we'll start to see the effect of what's happening now because there's a lot of groundwork being laid. Yep. There, 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 there really is. And mm-hmm. you brought up a good point as far as the marches in, in, in North Carolina. I mean, 
you know, there was a lot of people out there, and, you know, the crowd was mostly um, Caucasian people that were saying, no, we aren't having this. We're, 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 you know, yep. we're not going to do this anymore. We're, we're, no, we're, no, no, no. We're, we're not going mm-hmm. back this right here. So. That's right. Yes, I, 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 I do sort of like the undercurrent. Even though things don't look good right now with our current leadership, in a way, I think because of who we have in that office, it's going to help strengthen people in a way. He's going to have mm-hmm. an adverse effect. Really is. Yeah. And and see, and as I have said before, that, you know, um, you know, you you hear people saying, uh, Paris and Reginald, oh, you know, you know, man is going to, you know, destroy this earth. No, God said that man will destroy himself. He's not going to destroy what God created. Are you kidding me? So I looked at I'm looking at this like this is a cleansing. OK, this is a cleansing uh, that's happening uh, in America. So, uh, Reginald, I'd like to hear your your take on what I just, um, you know, read um, a few moments ago. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I agree with what Paris was saying that um, um, that these organizations are are going to combine, and mm-hmm. uh, and and that would be great because um, you know, with the women's movement and the things that's going on. Uh, the things that need to change are the things that affect all of these groups. And the, and the things that need to change are the things that affect everyone, white, black, Latino, Asian, you know, what, whatever, uh, people in, in general. And sometimes we have to deal with some crazy stuff in order to get people to awake of what has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think, unfortunately, uh, Donald Trump has been a blessing in disguise to wake people up to what is mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. So, so, exactly. Yeah, it's nobody, like, you know, you know, that. like what you're saying and what Paris is saying, you know, a lot of things can be a blessing in disguise, you know, because there's always something to learn from what, what is happening. You know, like something bad uh, may have happened, but, you know, okay, so why did this happen and what am I supposed to learn from this? You know what I'm saying? So the thing, you know, that, that I'm saying, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say it, you know, the thing that, that, that we as human beings need to learn from this is to never allow another person like this to get in office. Because for all of us who have uh, lived through Nixon, <laughs> you know, Reginald, and, um, you know, whether you were a child or not, you know, parents back then used to discuss and we used to sit down and look at TV and so forth and so on, like with our parents. And uh, this is like, now, wait a minute. This is, this is Nixon, Nixon on, on, on cocaine crack and, <coughs> excuse me, and everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. So people, people don't want to, people don't want to go through this kind of craziness again. You know, I mean, this is just totally ridiculous and it's not uh, going to happen. I do agree with Paris saying that these organizations, I can see them um, uh, combining and you said that too, original. I can see them combining and, and this is going to, this is going to be a good thing. And I, this is what I'm saying that there is going to be a cleansing and just maybe perhaps this is the method that God is using to cleanse. Um, the earth, this great, beautiful uh, ball. Now, according to the latest uh, projections, Paris, from the U.S. Census Bureau, the population of the United States will be majority minority 
meaning majority people of color in 2043. Now for the working age population, excuse me, those between the ages of 18 and 64, the transition takes place in 2039. Now the transition to the minor, uh, to the majority minority population in 2043 means that although the non-Hispanic white population will remain the largest single group in America, the combined population of non-white racial and ethnic groups will make up more than half of the U.S. population. The transition is a result of increasing birth rates and net international migration of non-whites and the estimated year of its arrival is based on the assumption that current patterns of racial and ethnic self-identification remains constant into the future. Now, he he goes on to say, this article goes on to say rather, as the current population ages, the older population will remain predominantly non-Hispanic white while the younger population will increasingly be people of color. In 2043, 60.7% of the people under 18 will be people of color, while 64.9% of those over age 65 will be non-Hispanic white. Now, given the pervasive impact of race on nearly every aspect of American society, Paris, this demographic shift has implications for the future of the American economy as shaped by the workforce, education, and politics so now your thoughts diversity that's that, that's the key word um especially in the in the workforce now you have a lot of diversity training you you have organizations trying to figure out how they can become more diverse and that's what i think that all of this is leading to i mean that's that's a that's a known fact um the, the stats have been trending that way as far as america becoming more brown and the effects that that is going to have on our society. And mm-hmm. I think that those, you know, we talk about diversity and we talk about diversity training, but I think it's something that's not going away. And either you're going to learn to accept it and be open to it, or you're going to be pushed off because it's going mm-hmm. to keep evolving. Things evolve and things change. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to be part of the change or you're going to be left behind. Exactly. Exactly. Reginald, your comments? Yes, and I mean that's right. Either you're going to be part of the change, you're going to be left behind because this because the change is coming, and it's and mm-hmm. it's not going to stop. And there's nothing that you know they can do to make it stop. And and mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing; it's a good thing. You know, when I hear about uh, uh, immigration and and the and the and the spin that 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 these Republicans are trying to put on immigration that. Oh, we only want um, uh, uh, the best. We only want people to come over with with college degrees that can, you know, do something for American society or whatever. Okay, well, if they're going with with that spin, and that's what it is—a spin—then I never want to hear another Republican sit on any talk show or CNN, MSNBC, or Fox and say. Well, my father came over here and he had two dollars in his pocket, and he mm-hmm. did such and such, and he did such and such, and he did you know whatever, and he had yeah. three dollars in his pocket when he came over. So, you know, just read what the Statue of Liberty says. Thank you. And and immigration is not a bad thing; it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, you know, 
Paris, um, uh, Trump, um, had stated, um, you know, a little bit ago, you know, when he was saying, um, you know, the heinous things about people of color, the country, you know, coming over here, they're bringing drugs and, and disease and all this stuff. I guess, you know, he, he, he's so, he's so, uh, mentally, uh, inept that he does not know the history of that when they brought their, uh, European asses over here on the boats, they gave, you know, um, the, the Native Americans, um, our ancestors, um, these poisonous uh, blankets and things like that. Okay, so you're going to talk about that. I just wanted to say that. And then also, he said, you know, why can't we have people over here from Norway? Is he fucking kidding me? Norway <laughs> is 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 the creme de la creme. They don't want to be bothered coming. Are you real? You know, that's like taking 37 million steps back. Those people over there are fine. Their economy is great. They get along with one another. If we as people of color were, were to go over to Norway, it would be fabulous. As you know, our cousin was married to one of uh one of the the most famous architects, uh Peter Prand, who was from Norway. So you you understand what I'm saying, Paris? Yeah. Yes, that that was another classic Trump statement when he said, why can't we have people from Norway instead? Right after he pretty much, you know, said the derogatory things that he said about Haiti. So what was he basically saying? Was he basically just saying, no, 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 Haitian is a scumbag place because of all those people of color. Why can't we just invite more good white people like from Norway? That's the way I took it. You know, maybe I took that. (laughs) No, you didn't. But that's. But that's, that's basically the way I took that statement. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Now, you know what? We're, we're, I have maybe about nine minutes, so I want to get in some of the key uh, findings that was listed in this article. It was a bunch, but, you know, I pulled out a couple. Now, here's a very good one uh, that I want to uh, uh, mention, because uh, I like to educate my listeners and things. And as I said, they can always go and check, you know, where I pulled this information from and things like this. Now, uh, Reginald, it, it says that the prime age working class cohort, which includes working people between the ages of 25 and 54, hold on to your seats is projected to be majority people of color in 2029. And what's this year? This is 2018. Hmm. He did say 11 years, did he not, Reginald? Yes. Yes. He did say, he did say 11 years. And, and it's, and it's going to happen. It's nothing you can do about it. It's nothing, it's nothing you can do about it. And, and, and just two points right quick that, that, that uh, both you guys made. I mean, you're right. He, he being Trump was just basically saying, hey, why can't we have these good people from, they're not coming over here. They don't want to come over here. They're, they're fine with what we are. And then say these negative things about, uh, Haitians. Uh, but, but it goes to his ignorance about history. He doesn't realize that <laughs> Haitians actually fought in the Civil War. Oh, he doesn't gosh. know that Haitians actually had a big part in the Louisiana Purchase from yes, France, yep. which yep. Haiti was a French colony. He has no idea that Haitians basically built the French Quarter in in Louisiana. Louisiana. It is the, mm-hmm. Haitian, it is the Haitian community and influence in Louisiana and with Cajun and French and all of that. That's all Haitian, stupid ass. Exactly. So that just goes, goes to back, that just <laughs> goes back to his ignorance and his followers' ignorance of American history. <laughs> you want to chime in, Paris? 
No, I, I, I agree, but that's someone that doesn't understand their history, um, doesn't understand the history of Haiti. And, and you know, the, the, the current president just proves to, to be a, a, a very um, ignorant person. You know, the, the one thing I've, I've, I've said in a joking manner, that after what we have now, it is true. You know, you hear a lot of people, you know, throughout the years, you heard the joke, well, anybody can be president. I am now confident that anyone really can be president. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am confident that anyone, if you can win the electoral vote, then doggone it, go ahead and, you know, take a shot in the big chair. Because if he can do it, anyone can. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a high school diploma can do the job. Is exactly exactly, and um and 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 um and particularly well let me let me read one more stat based on long term labor force projections from the Bureau of Labor Statistics and continuation of trends in college completion among different demographic groups the working class is projected to become majority people of color in 2032. This is 11 years sooner than the Census Bureau projection for the entire population and seven years sooner than the transition for all working age adults, 18 to 64 years of age, Reginald. Your comments? Mm. Bring it on. You know, it's just just going to be a positive (laughs) for the country. And Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And again, I said this once, I said again, it's, it's a good thing. It's not exactly. a bad thing. You know, um, um, industries change. You know, the country went from the, to, to this from uh, agricultural to industrial revolution to you know. So these things constantly change, and and they've always been a good thing. You know, people mm-hmm. went to farms and went to work in the factories, and you know that that built the country and. And, uh, you know, the Chinese labor came over and built the railroads. You know, so, so all of these are good things. Everything that this country built was built on the backs of people of color. As I just said, yes. the Chinese mm-hmm. came over and built the railroads. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, and, and America always had this fear of change. I mean, you know, yeah. they didn't want Italians in. They didn't want Polish in. They didn't want Jews in. You know, there used to be signs that, that say no, no, uh, no, uh, Irish or dogs allowed in this restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so it's always yeah. been that, that hatred of the unknown. But look yeah. at, look at the, uh, benefit that not only people of color, but, but Irish, Jewish, Italian, Polish immigrants had on this country. And again, a lot of these people came over with zero in their pocket, had nothing mm-hmm. in their pocket, and they built a company or became carpenters, became lawyers, became teachers, became laborers, and helped build this country. And so exactly. that's what we need if that change is continuing to come, and it's Excuse good me. for this country. And it's, yeah, and it's good for this country, it's good for the world, and I'd like to give a shout-out as well, you know, to uh, my Asian um uh, brothers and sisters, uh, with the large contributions that they have done, um, uh, to this country, <clears throat> excuse me, for this country and, and what they, and what they have, you know, uh, came over and have companies and so forth and so on, like you admitted. Now, Paris, you know, I have maybe about a few more seconds, but I don't want to throw this in. Now, it stopped being a good thing 
you know, when, you know, when white people were migrating over here, you know, from Yugoslavia and all of those other countries around there like that, it was, it was fine. But once they, you know, they noticed that this migration, you know, was, uh, people of, you know, um, uh, other people were coming in and, and, and the society is turning brown. So then, you know, they want to stop, uh, they want to try, um, because, you know, trying is not doing hello. Uh, they want to try to, you know, oh, I'm going to build this wall and so forth and so on. It's, it's not going to happen. He, he just doesn't see that that is, that is not going to happen, you know, and, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and initially, um, this country was brown. <laughs> this country was brown from the doggone beginning. You understand what I'm saying, Paris? Right. It, it was. It definitely was. And 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 maybe you know they say history repeats itself. So maybe this is just history there repeating you itself in a in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. You know there is there is there is a such thing as 360 degree. <laughs> you know, turn turns of um of things. You know, you just can't you just can't um uh, uh you know you just can't doing keep doing what you're doing. You know, I mean, it's ugly. It's gotten to the point where things are just ugly. It's ugly. And one last um one last uh, stat is the age cohort projected to make the earliest transition to majority minority is the one that includes workers age 25 to 34. These are today's 18 to 27-year-olds, and for them, the projected transition year is 2021. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much to both of you. That was a very good conversation. and I, I know that it was educational, and I hope that my listeners out there got a lot out of it. I certainly appreciate having uh, Paris, um, handsome, intelligent, Paris and handsome, intelligent Reginald um, on my show. I will be broadcasting um, again in on February 8th, <clears throat> which will be six days before, excuse me, six days before Valentine's Day. And uh, with another enlightening and educational discussion. And remember, OK, that my program is archived. You can go back and listen to my program um, here and also put it all on the table through mediation. It's all archived. And uh, don't forget to uh, download for free the TalkZone.com app. OK, be kind to yourself as this is where it starts first, because you can't give somebody something you ain't got and be kind to others. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Make it a fabulous day. 